Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk. Well, we are now right in the thick of the holiday season, and we sing about how it's the most wonderful time of the year, and there's certainly a lot to celebrate. But at the same time, I know that for many of us, the holidays can be a hard time. And there's different reasons for that. I know for some of us, the holidays bring reminders of a loved one who's no longer with us. Or the holidays can bring reminders that our family life isn't how we want it to be. Uh, For some of us, this season that is especially dark and and cold, it can bring a sense of sadness and depression with it. And for all of us, you know, we're doing the holidays for the second time during this pandemic with with all the, the challenges that come with that. And so this morning, I want us to to talk about something that can happen to us spiritually when we're going through an especially hard time. And if you're not in a hard time yourself right now, I'm glad for that, but I hope you'll still pay attention to this because you may go through a hard time in your future, and I'm sure that you know somebody who's in a hard time right now. Uh, You know, when life is feeling especially hard for us, uh, what we instinctively want during those times is we instinctively want things to get easier for us, right? We want things to get less complicated, less demanding, less challenging. I don't think I've ever once heard somebody say, you know, things are not going well in my life right now. What I could really use are even more challenges. No, nobody says that, right? We want things to get easier. And because we have this yearning for things in our life to get easier, uh, there are some churches that would say to us, hey, what you need to do is you just need to start following Jesus, right? Because they'll say, if you follow Jesus, He'll solve all your problems. He'll take away all your pain. Jesus will take whatever it is that's making your life feel hard and he'll make it all easier. And that sounds good. And in some ways that's true. There's definitely truth there, right? I mean, there is absolutely uh, pain that Jesus can heal. There are problems that Jesus can help us to solve. There are some ways in which following Jesus can make our lives easier. Um, But it's also true that following Jesus can, can sometimes make our lives harder, Because when we actively practice our faith in the way that Jesus calls us to, sometimes that can give us challenges that we wouldn't otherwise have in our lives. I mean, for example, uh, just just think about showing up to in-person worship on Sundays. Uh, For those of us with with kids, you know, that involves getting everybody up and dressed and fed and transported. And we're trying not to be late. And let's not even mention the, the fights that we have with our partner in the middle of all that chaos. Uh, Even for those of you without kids, you still got to get yourself up and and transported to worship at this inconvenient hour of the week. Now, I hope that you find our worship services at Kindred are are worth the effort, but it's not always going to make your life any easier, right? Uh, Similarly, you know, if you participate in a a small group, there are challenges that can come with that, right? Sometimes you got to race home from work to try to make the start of your meeting, and you might have to eat a delayed dinner as a result. It can disrupt your your family rhythms. I hope you find, those of you that are in a small group, I hope you find it's worth the effort, but it may not always make your life easier. Uh, Similarly with with mission projects, you know, just for example, take the the most recent mission project we did. We sent some meals over to Urban Ministries of Durham. And if you participate in a mission project like that, you got to sign up, you got to buy some food, uh, you got to cook some food, maybe freeze the food. You got to remember to get the food to the right place at the right time on the right day. I I hope you find our mission projects at Kindred worth the effort, but but it's one more thing that, that may not make your life any easier. 
And yet all of these are ways that Jesus calls us to, to actively practice our faith. All of these are ways that Jesus calls us to, to participate actively in his church. And this is to say nothing of some of the other challenging things that Jesus calls us to do, like showing love to people that we don't really like, uh, praying for our enemies, you know, forgiving people who have wronged us in some kind of a way. Uh, oftentimes, when life is, is hard, oftentimes when, we, when we're wanting life to, to get easier for us, there's this thing that can happen to us spiritually. It can be really tempting in those times to, to tr- kind of want to put uh, practicing our faith on hold for a bit. It can be tempting to want to wanna kind of scale back the ways that we're practicing uh, our faith. Um, you know, maybe sometimes it, 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 we kind of catch ourselves during a hard season of life uh, disengaging from church for a bit. Uh, or maybe we notice that we're, we're praying less often, or, or sometimes we can just simply uh, show less care and concern for, for others uh, around us during those times. Uh, sometimes we can, we can be tempted to scale back the ways that we're practicing our faith because it seems like practicing our faith is making things harder when we really want things to be easier, when we want things to be easier. I've been there myself. Um, I'm sure some of you have been there as well. I think it's a natural response. I think it's very understandable. But at the same time, uh, it's important to remember that when Jesus calls us, Jesus doesn't say, come and follow me when things are pretty comfortable and things are going well and you've got a good sense of balance in your life. Right? And, and Jesus, when he calls us, he doesn't say, come and follow me when you, you've got some comfortable margin in your schedule and, and you've got room to, to fit me in with everything else that you've got going on. No, Jesus just simply says, come and, and follow me. In other words, keep practicing your faith in the good times, yes, uh, but even when things uh, are challenging. Keep, keep practicing your faith even when it feels like it's actually making your life more complicated. And so because of that, I want us to think about this together this morning. Why is it that Jesus would call us to practice our faith in ways that sometimes make our lives harder? Why would Jesus call us to practice our faith in ways that sometimes make our life uh, harder? Um, Is it because Jesus is unsympathetic? Is it because Jesus doesn't care about what we're going through and and about our our feelings? Well, it's important to remember uh, Jesus died for us so that Jesus could spend eternity with us forever. So I think it's safe to say Jesus loves us and Jesus cares about us more than we can even begin to uh, imagine. And what I want us to see is that Jesus knows that what's easier for us isn't always what's best for us. And Jesus knows that that what's easier for us isn't always what's best for others and and for this world. And because Jesus loves us so much, Jesus wants what's best for us. And Jesus wants what's best for this world. And and the truth is, sometimes what's best is not always what's easy. I know that's a bit abstract, so to help us explore this, I want us to to look for a few minutes at the example of Jesus' own mother. I want us to think about Mary because she followed God's call into what was best instead of what was easiest. And I think the reason that she made that choice is so inspirational and it's also so helpful for us when we're in one of those times when we'd really just prefer the way that is easiest. 
Uh, now, as we think about Mary, Jesus' mother, I don't know what sorts of images come to mind when you imagine her, but if you just go off of how Mary gets portrayed in our culture, if you just think about how Mary is often portrayed in Christmas movies and on Christmas cards and nativity scenes and, and that kind of thing, uh, you might get the impression that Mary was like this radiant, blonde-haired white woman. Oftentimes in, in our popular depictions of her, she comes across as sort of the, the picture of, of elegance and, and privilege uh, even. But the truth is that, of course, Mary was not blonde. Mary was not white. Um, she, she had very little status in her society and, and almost no privilege. Uh, Mary was a poor Jewish girl. She was from this middle-of-nowhere town in the, the ancient Middle East. Uh, her country was occupied by a foreign empire. And as a female, back in the, the first century, she had very few rights, much less uh, any, any privilege. And so when we meet Mary, even before Jesus is born, uh, we can already get the impression that Mary's life has not been easy, not at all. And, and just like many of us, I'm sure she was instinctively hoping that things in her life would get easier. Well, then one day, uh, you know the story, um, uh, an angel comes in a vision to, to Mary. And the angel comes to her and the angel says, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. And so we hear that and we might think, oh, okay, well, the Lord is with her. The Lord favors her. Great. God must be about to do something that's going to finally make Mary's life a little easier. But that's not exactly how it plays out. Is it? The, the angel goes on. The, Mary, the angel says, Look, Mary, uh, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over Jacob's house forever. There will be no end to his kingdom. Uh, in other words, that the angel is telling Mary, uh, Look, God is about to finally send the Savior of the world. And Mary, God wants you to be his mom. Isn't that great, Mary? Aren't you, aren't you so excited about this? Well, the short answer is no. Uh, excitement was not the, the first emotion that Mary felt in this moment. Because yes, it was great that God was sending the Savior into the world. And, and yes, of course, it would be an incredible honor to be the, the mother of, of Jesus. But, but Mary is also smart enough to realize that what the angel is, is calling her to do, what God is calling her to do, is not always going to be easy. Uh, and in fact, being the mother of Jesus is going to involve some things that are actually really, really hard. Uh, I mean, for starters, if Mary embraces this calling, if Mary does what, what God is, is now asking her and inviting her to do, um, immediately she's going to become a, an unmarried teen mother with all of the challenges that come with that, with all of the social stigma that come with that. She's going to have to go to her fiancé, Joseph, and explain to him that she's getting ready to have this baby that's not his. And then she's going to have to hope and pray that Joseph doesn't leave her. Because if Joseph leaves her, it's going to be really hard for Mary in that culture to find a respectable husband. And, you know, this was a, a male-centered culture in which uh, women had very few avenues of earning their own income and, and supporting themselves. And so Mary could find herself in a, a really desperate situation if all of this went badly. But, but even if Joseph didn't leave her, uh, she, she still would, would face a number of hardships. Uh, we don't know how much of this Mary knew at the time, but in hindsight, we can certainly see that later in, in her life, she would have to watch 
as her son, went around provoking all kinds of controversy and, and oftentimes receiving backlash. She would have to watch uh, Jesus go about his ministry where some people accepted him, uh, but the majority of people rejected him, including some members of Mary's own family. We can imagine how hard that would have been. Uh, ultimately, Mary had to do something that no parent should ever, ever have to do. She was there and, and she watched as Jesus suffered and, and finally died. Now, again, we, we don't know exactly how much of this Mary knew up front when the angel first showed up to her here, but Mary was smart enough to know that if she chose to answer this calling from God, it was not always going to make her life easier, and in some ways it was going to make her life harder. So Mary takes a second to, to think about all this, and um, she asks the angel a question. She, she says, how exactly is it that I'm going to get pregnant? You know, I've, I've never even been with, with a man. Um, and then Mary takes a deep breath, and ultimately she decides to take a leap of faith. She says to the angel, okay, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Let it be with me just as you have said. Now, I want us to, to pay attention to Mary's motivation here. Why did she choose to do the thing that was going to make her life harder? You know, she didn't have to. Why didn't she opt for the way that was easier and, and just turn down this calling from God? Well, a little later in her story, we find out. Uh, a little later, Mary does indeed get pregnant, as the angel had told her. And once she gets pregnant, she actually goes to visit her cousin named Elizabeth. We talked about Elizabeth a little bit in the sermon last Sunday. Um, and, and she visits with Elizabeth, and she's kind of updating her on everything that, that's been going on. And as she's describing all of this to her cousin, Mary becomes uh, overwhelmed with emotion. And in this moment, Mary ends up singing this song. It's traditionally in the, the Christian church been called the, the Magnificat. And this song is the passage that we heard a little earlier in the service from Luke chapter 1 today. It's this song about God's faithfulness. It's this song about the transformational work that God is doing in the world. It's, it's this song about how God is making all things right. And as this song unfolds, we begin to see why Mary chose to answer this calling from God. Clearly, Mary believes that God is doing something in this world, that God is doing something powerful, that God is doing something important. And Mary understands that now God is giving her a chance to be a part of it, to be a part of what God is doing. And even though she knows it's not always going to make things easy, even though she knows sometimes it's going to be really hard, Mary did not want to miss the chance to be part of what God is doing. And she believed that that chance would absolutely be worth the effort. And that's why Mary chose what was best, what was best for her, certainly what was best for this world. She chose what was best over what was easiest. Now, uh, obviously, you are not Mary, and I am not Mary. She had a, a very unique role and a, a unique calling. But nevertheless, uh, Mary is a really important example for us to, to consider, and, and here's why. You know, we don't always see it. Now, we don't always recognize it, but God is still doing powerful work in this world around us. God is still doing transformational work in this world around us. And when Jesus calls us to come and follow him, when Jesus calls us to, to actively practice our faith and to actively participate in his church, Jesus is giving us a chance, just like Mary had her chance. Jesus is giving us a chance to be a part of what God is doing. 
I mean, for example, when we show up and we participate in worship, we are a part of what God is doing in the world. Because as I hope we all know, God uses worship to change people's hearts and to change people's lives. Sometimes it's our hearts and lives. Sometimes it's the lives of of people we're worshiping together with. Uh, When we participate in a small group and and we engage in that form of of Christian community together, we we support each other and and we nurture each other along our, our journey of faith. When we do that, we're a part of the work that God is doing in the world. Because God absolutely uses small groups to to change hearts and and to change lives. Uh, Similarly, when we participate in a mission project, we are a part of what God is doing in the world because God certainly uses mission projects to change people's hearts and lives in in all kinds of different ways. And and all of those things can can be hard. All of those things can, can take a lot of effort. They certainly don't always make our lives any easier, but they're worth the effort. They're worth the effort because they give us a chance to be a part of what God is doing. And I think just like Mary, just like Mary, that's a chance that we don't want to miss. Uh, You know, I have to imagine that at the end of Mary's life, uh, she was looking back over all that she had been through, over all that she had experienced in being the, the mother of Jesus, uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that she didn't have regrets. She, she didn't regret answering this call as, as challenging as it was uh, at times um, because she knew that everything she had been through well, was ultimately all for the best. It was for the best for her. It was certainly best for this world. And as we practice our own faith, uh, we can be confident that, that it's for the best for us as well, and it's for the best for our world as well. And the hope that we have is because of this transformational work that God is continuing to do in the world. Because of the transformational work of God that we get to be a part of, one day things in our lives won't be hard anymore. Because one day all of those things, those challenges, those difficulties that that make our life hard, those will be gone forever. They will be healed and, and they will be redeemed forever and and we can live forever with God in the world that has been made exactly as God intends for it to be. That's the hope that we have. And so we can continue to to practice our faith even when it's challenging, even when it's not easy because we know that we're on the way to that. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and, and loving God, We thank you for your calling upon us. We thank you for this invitation that you've extended to us to to participate, to be a part of what you are doing in the world. God, it's it's incredible when we step back and and think about the magnitude of that. Uh, But at the same time, God, we, we confess that we don't always receive that as good news. Because as you well know, Lord, sometimes uh, things in our life are are not going well. Sometimes things in our life are, are challenging and overwhelming as it is. And when we think about following you and the challenges that that entails, it can just seem like something that we'd rather not do. Uh, God, in those moments when when we're feeling that way, uh, would you inspire us, Lord? Would you you remind us that what's best is is not always the same thing as as what's easiest? And and that following you and answering your call is always going to be what's best for us. It's always going to be what's best for this world. Uh, God, give us that inspiration. 
Give us the strength that we need to continue to follow you, not just in the, not just in the good times uh, when it's convenient, but, but also in the hard times, Lord, when it really takes effort uh, on our part. And we pray that the transformation you bring about through us and through our effort, that it would always, always, always be worth it, that it would make a difference whether we see that difference or not. God, uh, we thank you for all that you do for us. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. You're giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.